Behavioral health has become a central issue, not only in healthcare, but also in our politics, businesses, criminal justice, and families. And as technology continues making headway into healthcare, despite the challenges and inefficiencies brought by EMRs and other complexity, we're pleased when we see technology that solves major issues affecting hospital operations, clinicians, and patients. No place is that more needed, perhaps, than behavioral health. That's where Transferal is making its mark. It's a platform designed to solve the inefficiency of number one, identifying available beds for patients in need, and number two, decreasing the time it takes to manage the processes from contacting facilities to completing the patient transfer. We talk with Shanna Palmieri, Chief Clinical Officer and Co-Founder of Transferal to discuss the experience of launching a healthcare startup and easing a critical pain in the healthcare industry. Look them up at xforall.com. That's X for transfer, F-E-R-A-L-L.com. Here's our conversation with Shana Palmieri. All right, Shana, I appreciate you taking time to visit with us about uh, the work that your team is doing at Transferal. Um, we talked a little bit about what Transferal does, but in your own words and, and kind of as you talk to people about what, what the, the platform does, you know, kind of break that down for us. Sure. So, you know, in healthcare, we're really moving from a fragmented manual-based process when we look at how the system is set up to transfer patients in between uh, various levels of care and different healthcare institutions. So you can look at um, the patient who's at a critical access hospital, regional hospital, they need to move to a higher level of medical care, or they show up and they're a psychiatric crisis, and they need to go to a specialty behavioral health or substance use disorder treatment program. Currently, healthcare providers really need to know what the resources are, what the other hospitals are, what they do, and then uh, they call around to the transfer center and the intake centers. So we've automated that process. So we clinically match patient needs to facility capabilities, and we allow that healthcare provider to beacon a request out to multiple hospitals at the same time to find out who has capacity, bed capacity to accept that patient, and who has the clinical ability to treat that patient in a short amount of time. By reducing the amount of time that we can um, perform that function, we're going to be able to get better patient outcomes. For that you know, patient. It, so it, obviously mo, so many people could not even fathom um, the, the, the kind of um, the problems that exist currently in just that transfer inefficiency. How did Joel, how did the team there come together to realize that this was such a, a significant problem in terms of um, the lag in communication and being able to find an open bed for a patient um, if you were at a, at a hospital that was uh, that's transfer that's needing to transfer a patient because you don't have those services. Um, at the time, um, the CEO, Nathan Reed, and I were working at a large academic hospital together in an urban area, and he was really working on the process of how do we quickly transfer medical patients into the hospital? So that sort of transfer process around um, a medical patient who needs to, who has a trauma or a stroke or a heart attack, and they need to come to a higher level of care. And rather than calling uh, our transfer center, could they just beacon a request out, right? And so we knew that that process had a lot of inefficiencies in it um, in terms of getting the request, 
Um, has the person had to call five hospitals be before they find the hospital that could take the patient? Um, and by reducing that time, we'd get better outcomes. So he was working on that in the system. On the opposite side, I was in the behavioral health side in the emergency department, and I was working with a team of trying to transfer patients out of our emergency department. And it was taking a long time. I mean, hours, days, um, and we were hiring highly qualified clinical staff um, who were basically on the phone, making phone calls, sending faxes, doing very manual repetitive tasks um, to transition these patients. You know, and it was clogging up our emergency department. Uh, we had problems with ED throughput, problems with ED capacity. That was impacting our individual hospital. And then when you really take this and you look, you know, you get a broader perspective, you start to realize this problem's impacting the entire healthcare ecosystem. And I think this really became profound when we went through the pandemic and we heard repetitively, there's no beds. Well, there's no beds in my hospital and maybe there's no beds in the hospital down the road or the one that's 35 minutes down the road, but maybe there's another region an hour and a half away and they actually do have a lot of capacity. And how do we quickly identify where all these resources are and move the patients? Um, if we're moving patients to the right level of care quickly, uh, we improve the healthcare of all of the patients in the entire healthcare ecosystem works better, um, but manually making all those phone calls was taking us forever. And as an example, I hired a, a, a staff of 24 seven uh, staff, which was costing us at the hospital uh, over $500,000 a year. And all they were doing was trying to transfer patients out of the ER because it was such a labor intensive process. So, to, to, so again, to illustrate that just simply, you, you basically in that scenario would be you'd have, as you said, well-trained clinicians, nurses, people that um, should be at the bedside per se, um, actually having to go through a list of hospitals just to find out if they had available capacity to take a patient that y'all had that, that had specific needs. Correct. And sometimes it took multiple phone calls over the period of eight, nine, 10, 12 hours, uh, or the hospital is full. So then the next shift comes on, you got to call the all the hospitals back again. Do you have bed openings now? Do you have another? Okay. Did you discharge any patients? Can you take my patient? And it's this continual process. And then what happens too, to add to the further inefficiency is I call, I send the patient to a hospital and the other 12 hospitals that I sent the referral to don't know that the patient's been placed and they may still be wasting their time working on that request. Right, so there's this subsequent down the line and just a lot of efficiency. Um, and meanwhile, the patients wait and all of these negative outcomes become uh, at risk for occurring in the hospital for the patients. So alternatively, the team kind of came together to develop essentially this platform. Now tell me kind of in that process, the, the platform, we call it a platform, but what we're really talking about here is a smart um, a, a smartphone application or an iPad application, uh, a device where uh, someone can simply identify quickly the, the availability. So if from the transferring hospitals perspective, what does that look like for them as far as working with the tools? Absolutely. So the platform is, um, you can access it via the web on your computer, or you can download it out of the app store onto your phone or iPad or mobile device. And essentially, you answer a few basic questions about the patient, um, and that's going to clinically match that patient to facilities in order of distance away. So you can search from where you're at now. You could do a search based on where the patient lives to find the facilities closest to their home. And it gives you a list of the clinically matching facilities. And now, rather than calling 15 hospitals and asking them if they have a bed, you can beacon a request out to all of them. 
they respond back within the platform and it's alert based. So you can get a, a push notification or a text message alert that says somebody's responded. And then you may find out which hospitals have the ability to take this patient. You can give the patient the choice of their options and then determine the best place for them to go. I and mean, that can happen really quickly. If you get into a situation potentially where your entire region is on diversion um, because you're at capacity or the, the region is just full that day, all the clinician has to do is click expand radius by another 25, 35, 50, 75 miles, and they get the next batch of hospitals that show up that are a match. So it really easily allows this clinician to identify what the resources are and, and quickly move the patients through the healthcare system. So the, the when, when that transfer starts though, and that's been initiated, what does the, in the, in the workflow, is there anything else that the apps app has a, a role in playing? I mean, does the, the app do anything else in helping to manage that, that process? Because it's not just about, I guess, finding that uh, patient's bed availability, then you also have all the, the paperwork in the back and forth there. Is there a solution that the app has to help manage that process? Absolutely. So it's built in so that there's smart tools to facilitate an efficient process between all the hospitals. So not only can you send, uh, find which hospitals are a match, right, but you can beacon a request out and it's going to alert all of these receiving hospitals and provide them with the information in real time, including that patient's medical records if you want to attach them, whatever you want that receiving hospital to be able to see. It could be their EKG, uh, their demographics, the psycho psychological assessment that was done, their HMP, all of that can just be attached. And now in real time, that receiving hospital can click that open and they can send a message back. It's all HIPAA compliant, it's all confidential, and everybody's getting alert based. So they know uh, that this patient's still waiting, um, they can give a response in real time, and you don't have to send a fax or make back and forth phone calls um, in order to communicate with uh, various hospitals that are going to review that patient's information. Right. Yeah. And I would think that that's a big chunk of inefficiency that's taken out of the system. Um, just with, with all those layers of interactions and the verifications and then a shift change occurring and a handoff getting missed. The other thing that's really helpful is that at the, the sending hospital where the patient's at, it's not just visible to the one person who's working on the transfer. It's a team-based platform. So you may have a charge nurse who needs to know what's going on. The social worker needs to know what's going on. Maybe the ED attending wants to log in and see what the status of these transfers are. And so now everybody can log into one system and see all of the communication, where the status is of all the pending transfers, what clinical documentation has been attached. When shift change happens and the whole shift transfers over, they just click the patient's transfer case open and they just pop in and start using it. So it creates a lot of that real-time transparency as well for that entire care team that's working with that patient to transfer them out at the sending hospital. So because of that, at, you know, there's so much of this and we're going to stay on behavioral health for a while here and the solutions that the, the app offers there, um, the platform offers for behavioral health. But um, the, the, because we're talking in that area, the, the interests go so far beyond the, the, the hospital organizations, the health court organizations, there's, there's a larger area of interest because again, it's behavioral health. So that it really tends to roll in law enforcement. How is law enforcement a, um, a key, I guess, stakeholder in the solutions that, that your team delivers? 
Absolutely. I mean, things are changing a lot with law enforcement right now and how it integrates with mental health crisis teams. Law enforcement officers are also becoming certified as <coughs> crisis intervention teams, de-escalation teams. And so typically what happens is uh, you know, somebody calls 911 or there's an incident, right? And it may be a behavioral health related incident. And there's a lot of goals right now to divert behavioral health patients. One, why do they need to go to the emergency room sometimes, right? That's not where behavioral health treatment exists. And we're trying to divert them away from jails. So you have this um, law enforcement officer who oftentimes is connected now with a social worker or a mental health professional and they're assessing this individual, they determine this individual needs to go to treatment. This really helps law enforcement understand where should I take this person for treatment in real time? And it saves a lot of law enforcement man hours, time saved from transporting individuals, understanding and being able to communicate directly with the entity or the hospital that has the ability. And then all that communication can happen on their app in the field. And so we work with mobile health crisis teams, law enforcement teams that can be with a patient. Um, they can understand where the resources are and they can start to communicate in the field. And then they know where they need to take that patient um, and that has a bed that has availability and that can provide them treatment. It's better for the individual they're interacting with. And it's saving a lot of time um, and, and a huge cost savings for um, these departments that are engaging in this type of work. So the, 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 uh, we were looking at the case that's on your website uh, for the Amarillo, Texas area up in the panhandle uh, of Texas. And we saw that um, case on the, the mobile crisis uh, health, uh, mobile crisis teams that are out in the, the community. And I think that uh, that that really does illustrate just how resonative um, the solution can be in the number of, of uh, teams that are involved. But again, as you kind of, as we indicated a second ago, there's cases, I suppose, where um, solutions can be deployed in places other than behavioral health. Do you see that, is the app you being used in other areas of um, the hospital for other, other patient needs? It is. Um, in some of regions, there's medical patient transfer networks that have developed. And so um, you look in those areas where smaller rural hospitals, um, critical access hospitals, um, they need to really uh, work closely with these, these hospitals that are in urban areas to transfer their patients. Um, there's small emergency departments. Um, they don't have a lot of the specialty services, so they need to access burn units, critical care units, ICUs, um, and they, need to, they don't have a ton of staff there, right? So this nurse who's in the emergency department has to do all these functions, and we don't want them taking a lot of time trying to transfer the patients. Plus, these patients may already have to travel a significant amount of distance to get wherever they're going to get the type of care, and we know that time is tissue, time is of the essence when you have these critical situations. And so those critical access and smaller hospitals are using the app to quickly identify where they can transfer those patients, those medical patients to a higher level of care. Um, so, you know, you guys have been in operation for, for several years now. I know I met you first when um, I was at the Texas Hospital Association and um, the team was really just getting its name well known and and y'all had already made a pretty significant splash and since soon after that you really exploded um, in some major uh, metro markets um, but you know what stands out in some of those markets specifically on on some of the cases kind of some of the impact you've had um, uh, again and 
we're not talking talking small markets here. Right. Sure. So, um, you know, when we're looking at markets like um, Houston, DFW area, sometimes the rural areas, we cover the entire expanse of West Texas and the Texas Panhandle. So various types of markets that have different dynamics for sure. Um, and we've been able to successfully reduce patient placement times for, uh, in a pretty dramatic way for a lot of places. Um, so we looked at, you know, the first year what were we able to do? Well, we saw over 80% reduction in patient placement time for behavioral health patients. So very quickly, we saw changes in the way people were able to access treatment and get patients there quickly. Um, and the more people that were using the system and the more hospitals that joined the network, uh, we continue to see those times drop. And we continue to see people using the data and analytics to drive process improvements in the healthcare system. And so now we're able to see that patients are moving more quickly. Um, the other thing that we can do is we can start to identify with these data sets, where are the backlogs? Who are the specific patients who are challenging to place? So oftentimes we'll hear a lot of times in the media, uh, well, there's a crisis, we don't have enough, enough behavioral health beds. Well, what type of behavioral health beds do we not have enough of? It's not that we just don't have enough, we need to know exactly what type of beds we need. Who are the difficult to place patients? Um, what age range? What are the traits and characteristics of these patients who aren't getting placed? Because if we're really gonna look at a market and fix a problem, we have to have some detailed analytics and data on what it is we need to fix. And so we can go into a region now, um, and I can really go into the entire state of Texas and look region by region and say, um, this region's behavioral health placement times are 20 times more longer than these other regions are. What's going on in this county? Right. what's going on in this area? Let's go look here. Let's go look at this type of patient. Why is it taking so long? We were able to do a comparative analysis on how far do children and adolescents have to travel um, to get treatment compared to adults, right? And so there's a lot of analytics that can come out of there that can help also sort of start to drive other market changes to address a longer term issue as well. Um, so that's, that's kind of where I was about to, to go next is that data that's available then, um, how is it, it packaged and made available now to the clients that are in your system? I mean, is, is, that, is that something that's in your package or is that something that is gonna be a growth for the company going forward? Is, is that something you're already doing? So I'd say both, right? It's already part of the package. We provide it to individual um, healthcare uh, organizations that um, work with us who have accounts with us. So they're able to look at their transfer times, they can drill down um, certain areas where there's bottlenecks, um, certain areas for improvements, um, certain needs that we have in communities. And one of the nice things that we've seen already is we've seen private healthcare institutions responding to this data and saying, you know what, we should open up this type of unit because there's a lot of these kinds of patients that need treatment. And one of those examples was uh, one of the psychiatric facilities realized a lot of patients were not getting placed because they needed wound care right? Or they had some sort of medical condition. And so they said, well, we're going to add a unit and some nursing staff that can do that so that these patients can get placed more quickly. So you have data available and now the private market is responding and filling some of those gaps, which is great to see sort of in real time. Um, I would say the, the future and what we're starting to work with too is now that we have larger data sets, right? So maybe we, need, we can look at, well, what's going on in Houston? 
right? And let's look at some of these data for all of Houston. And can we start to look at what, what's the needs of Houston in terms of behavioral health? Where are the delays? Where are the efficiencies? What types of beds are needed? Um, and so we can start to develop these larger data sets to see where some of the gaps are and where we can make some quality improvements to help the entire system function better. Um, and we're already doing that. We're continuing to do more of that as we move forward. As I noted earlier, you know, you you guys um, seem you've started scrappy with a great idea and started to to do that deployment again with the team's uh, background being really it seems interesting to me of um, you know I think that technology for a long time in healthcare was had a had a sputtering. Um, growth because you had technology wanting to come solve problems in healthcare and you didn't in in technology's solutions were so young in the the 90s and the early 2000s that it took a while for the clinician side to really meld well with the technology side where you had so many technology folks wanting to bring their solutions to healthcare when really at the end of the day, we needed healthcare to bring its, uh, its, so its problems and speak the same language to technology. But you all seem to have come together in a really great way where you have Nathan's background as a CTO and, and information officer at a, at a large healthcare facility and then your, your background. Um, Tell me, like, that th is that one of the reasons that y'all have had the the rapid growth that you've had, and characterize for me if you can the the growth that you're seeing. Sure, I mean, I think it's really important. We have we have four co-founders, and and all three of my co-founding business partners are in the healthcare information technology side, and they have been for a long time. And of course, I was always in the clinical side. And us combining, it's really important to understand. I think both in-depth the technology space and the development and the deployment of technology and having that strong solid background and also what's the problem what's the workflow how does the healthcare institutions work because you have to have both of those to really i think propel something to market that's going to meet the needs of the healthcare consumers and then ultimately the end goal is to impact patient care in a positive way by bringing a product to market um, so what are the healthcare provide, what's going to make the healthcare providers lives more easily, easy on a day-to-day -day basis, what's going to create efficiency and a better system for the healthcare ecosystem, and then it's going to result in this sort of continuous quality improvement for the patients. Um, and so I think bringing that combination of skill set was really um, impactful. Um, we did um, move pretty quickly in terms of expanding into markets, and one of the things is it's a huge problem, right? So the cost to society of behavioral health boarding and the risk that it causes um, of having an inefficient system is huge. And so you can call any emergency department director in the United States and just ask them the simple question, like, do you have a problem with your patients waiting in your ER when you have a behavioral health patient? And the majority of them are gonna say, yes, how can I help move these patients out of my ER more quickly? They're here four times longer on average than a medical patient is. So creating efficiency, we know that that's a problem and we're providing a tool that helps with that. And so we've been able to really rapidly expand and, and bring customers on. And the other way that we've been able to do that is by creating a really simple product. So some of the technology systems that have been released into healthcare are complicated. They require huge integrations, lots of training. Um, they can be difficult for healthcare providers to use. And one of our goals was, let's keep this really simple, right? That we wanna make this easier than a phone call. Uh, faster than 
uh, anything else that you do um, so that your team can efficiently do this. And so keeping things simple um, and deploying them to market, making it easy to sign up, easy to implement, easy to get trained, easy to get an account, all those things are helpful. And of course, over the last 10 years, we've had such large scale uh, mergers and acquisitions that these systems that you're approaching for sales are very large and the requisition process isn't exactly streamlined anymore. Um, so, and, and so anything, I guess, that has um, the, the idea of having to integrate into the EMR is always going to have a little bit of a pause to it, because I think the queue uh, for, get, for integrations into the EMR into each health system is pretty stacked up. Um, how, 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 tell us a little bit about the, what it takes to go online um, with a hospital um, or a, whether you're receiving or transferring um, as far as getting up and running. So that um, so that it can be truly efficient for the hospital and instead of having to, to go through a bunch of hoops. Absolutely. I mean, so really it depends on the system, right? So in some areas we could have a, a document signed and train a staff in 48 hours and they could be using that 24 hours, right? If it's a small organization and it's an individual that decides this is something they want to use. Um, you could look at larger healthcare institutions and it's really based on their process. Right. We can move as quickly as their process allows allows us to. And I'd say our typical implementation from uh, beginning to end is no longer than four weeks. And it's very limited staff involvement. So the individual staff member is probably going to spend 30, 45 minutes getting their user account, logging in, short little training video, and they're good to go on the system. Um, so that part of it is um, is really simple, but we do, um, you know, with larger healthcare institutions, we want to integrate in a way that's going to make it efficient for them with things like single sign-on, following their 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 processes. Um, so we'll go through all of those steps with them on the larger scale institutions to make sure that we align with um, what the healthcare needs in terms of integrating a new technology platform, and we provide a lot of options as well, right? So we don't necessarily. Uh, you can use this as an agnostic tool. We have the capability to do an integration. You know, so we leave it so that there's a lot of room to operate as concisely as a healthcare institution wants to, um, and also have the option for somebody to pick the tool up and use it today so that they can transfer their patient um, really easily. Yeah. Well, it's uh, like I said, it's, uh, I, I think that the, the folks that we've seen talk about it um, they really are. Um, they really are descriptive about uh, and, and, and impact. Talking about its impact for uh, what it's meant for their teams and the efficiency of it. Um, and so we, we're excited about seeing where this organization can can go. This platform can go to uh, to affect the the, the space, the behavioral health space. And again, also those hospitals that have have uh, needs to increase the quality and, and efficiency of their communication when there's bed availability or, or patients in need out there. What is, um, what's next for transfer on? What do you see coming up in the, in the near and far future for, um, for the transfer operation? Sure. So, you know, right now we're expanding into multiple states and new regions, um, some based on customer requests. Um, and, and some based on just the needs of different states and communities so that we're moving in to expand this network across state lines and into a national approach. Um, we're also starting to, you know, we started a lot with, you know, being in the healthcare institution, as you mentioned, the emergency department, social workers, case managers, transferring these patients. 
but there's a lot of people who need to access behavioral health patients, right? So you could look at everything from probation officers, EAP programs, uh, insurance company, case managers, school systems, law enforcement, right? Anybody who's going to interact and potentially needs to access and refer an individual to behavioral health or um, substance use disorder treatment um, can use this mobile app now to help their, their client find treatment. And so we're moving into those different areas to help expand access, to create efficiencies, to build up these networks. So I would say the expansion is both into new regions and then also expanding access into other types of professionals that would benefit from this. Foster care agencies, CPS, they need to identify and, and move um, individuals and their clients around into treatment when they're in crisis. Um, and that's something that we can help individuals do really quickly. Great, well, like I said, I think um, it is uh, really interesting interesting to see where transferal is going, the simplicity of the solution, um, the fact that it's, it is so clinical, uh, clinician focused on the, the problems that it's solving for them. We know that, that especially when it comes to behavioral health, there's um, a, a lot to deal with and a lot of moving parts to manage. And so it's exciting to see this again too, as we've stated before, there's there's so many eyes focused in on what behavioral health uh, needs are and how we start to bring some solutions to that table, whether it's and, and it's the resonance of the effects of uh, the reach of behavioral health issues in our society is, is really starting to expand. And so I think it's it's interesting to see how it affects our, our politics and businesses and business leaders and, and, of course, our families and the criminal justice system is too as well. So being able to put healthcare in a position to take full advantage of the of what we know is is really the space that technology needs to be. So we're excited about it. I appreciate you taking the time to talk out what you and the team are doing. Um, and for more information, you can go to transferal.com. That's X, the letter X, F-E-R-A-L-L.com. Thank you.